The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, February 2nd, 2020, on the basis of 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 through 31. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. He once said, The exaggerated esteem in which my life work is held makes me very ill at ease. I feel compelled to think of myself as an involuntary swindler. She once said, I constantly think, uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. His name was Albert Einstein, the brilliant scientist who revolutionized physics, who was awarded the Nobel Prize back in 1921, along with countless other accolades and honors. Her name was Maya Angelou, the famous poet whose writings have inspired millions of people, who spoke at Bill Clinton's inauguration back in 1993, who was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by Barack Obama back in 2011. Both of them reached the very pinnacle of their professions. Both of them were famous the world over. Both of them even were the inspiration of their very own Google Doodles. That's when you really know you've arrived, right? And yet both of them suffered from what has sometimes been called imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is where pretty much everybody shares a certain opinion about someone. Just about everyone highly regards that person, loves that person, respects that person, admires that person. But the only person who doesn't share that same opinion is that person. And they are convinced that at some point everyone's going to find out. They are terrified that at some point they are going to be exposed as a fraud. And psychologists would tell you that you don't have to be a brilliant scientist or a famous author to suffer from imposter syndrome. Whatever reputation you have developed and worked very hard to achieve, the fear of being exposed as a fraud is actually quite common. For the past several weeks, we've been talking about and comparing God's word to a light. Well, one of the things that light is really good at doing is exposing things. It may well be true that just about everyone shares a common opinion about a specific thing, but then that thing is brought into the light and exposed for what it really is. God's word is really good at doing just that. God's word, first of all, exposes the truth about the ideas of Christianity. Ideas that in many ways are the exact opposite of the ideas that operate our world around us. And so in many cases, the the message of Christianity will be viewed as foolish, weak, shameful by the world around us. But God's word does more than just expose ideas. God's word also exposes people. Not just the truth about the message of Christianity, but the truth about the people who believe that message. See, one of the areas of our life where imposter syndrome is very easy to happen is when it comes to our faith in God. 
we are very fond of having a, a certain image, a certain reputation when it comes to our life of faith, our spiritual life. We just love it if other people look at us and view us as these good, godly, virtuous, devout people, the kind of people that are, of course, on God's side and on whose side God is. And yet, if that's the case, we may well walk around in constant fear of the truth about ourselves being exposed about the truth about ourselves coming into the light. And believe it or not, as we look at these verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 today, we're going to see that that's exactly what Paul wants to do. He wants to expose the truth about the people who belong to Christ's church. And yet, as we look at these verses today, we're going to see why this is actually a good thing. Why the truth about us being exposed is not something that we need to run from, not something that we need to be afraid of. In fact, as we look at these verses, this is going to be Paul's encouragement to us. He is going to say, harness the light that exposes the truth about you. In this church in Corinth, there were at least some people who were not at all in danger of suffering from imposter syndrome. In fact, they had a very high opinion of themselves, and it was causing all kinds of problems in the church in Corinth. And so Paul, in these verses, wants to shed a little bit of light on that. He wants to expose the truth about the types of people who belong to Christ's church. He says this, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. So if the light of God's word exposes that the ideas of Christianity are often viewed as foolish and weak and shameful by the world around us, it should be no surprise that the people who believe those ideas are often viewed by our world in just the same way, as foolish, as weak, as shameful. And Paul is saying that's exactly what was going on in Corinth. The people who belonged to that church, in fact, the majority of the people who belonged to that church fit that description. And yet, even for those who didn't, the presence of those who did said something about them. It let them know that there was no reason that they should feel special about themselves. If they had some sort of reason to have a high opinion of themselves, maybe that worked out there in the world, but it didn't work in Christ's church. Why? Because those other people, the people who fit the description that Paul gives in these verses, those people were part of the same exact organization. The same exact body. And so Paul says this, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. That's kind of the key statement there right at the end. So that no one may boast before him. Realize that neither Paul nor God has anything against intelligence. Neither Paul nor God has anything against power and influence or nobility. Neither Paul nor God has anything against wealth or fame or anything else that might cause the people of this world to have a very high opinion of someone. In fact, it is a wonderful thing when people who are very intelligent and very powerful and influential and very famous and very wealthy to also be members of Christ's church. In fact, as I look around the room today, I see some people who fall into that description, at least to a relative degree. There are people in this room who have 
college degrees. There are people in this room who have advanced degrees beyond that. And yet, as I look around this room, I also see people who don't have those degrees. In fact, I see people who I know right now could not make it through high school. People who I know are completely illiterate, in fact. People who I know cannot even form a complete sentence. I look around the room and I see people who have a fair degree of power and influence, people who are in charge of entire teams of people at the place where they work and can order them to do whatever they want. I see people whose names are known and recognized far and wide, whose words and actions carry a great deal of weight and influence in our community. And yet I also look around and I see people whose names are known by almost no one people who have the authority to tell absolutely no one else in their lives what to do. In fact, people who are so powerless that they rely on someone else to feed them and to carry them from place to place and to clean them up so that they do not continue to lie in their own filth. Now, you can probably guess that I'm talking about the very young children in the room and yet realize that everything that I just said about the way all of us start out this life may well one day be true of us again as our lives draw to an end. And yet, here's the beautiful thing, that the intellectual and the wealthy and the powerful and the ignorant and the destitute and the poor all belong to the same church that in this place, they are exactly the same. That all of us are loved by God exactly the same. That Jesus died to pay for our sins exactly the same. That through faith in Jesus, we are his children. We are saints, holy and perfect in his sight. We are heirs of eternal life exactly the same. And realize what a wonderful, beautiful truth that is. And yet also realize that that truth exposes the truth about each and every one of us. It reveals that if there is anything about us that that makes us impressive, that causes other people to have a high opinion about us, that might work out there in the world, but it does not work the second we walk through this door. That light of the gospel exposes each and every one of us, if we, if we have a high opinion of ourselves, a falsely high opinion of ourselves, that light of the gospel exposes us as frauds. In other words, the Christian church is nothing like Mensa. You know what Mensa is, right? Mensa is the worldwide society for people with high IQs. If you want to get into Mensa, you need an IQ of at least 131. That puts you in the 98th percentile or above. So if you were a card-carrying member of Mensa, or even if you walked around each and every day with your proud member Mensa t-shirt on, instantly we would all know something very important about you, right? We might know a few things about you, but we would know at least one very important thing about you, and that's that you have a very high IQ. In Christ Church, it works exactly the same way, except, except just kind of the opposite. If you are a card-carrying member of Christ Church, that says something very important about you. If you belong to an organization where there are absolutely no requirements to get in, if you belong to an organization where the PhD and the kindergartner are treated exactly the same, where the CEO and the janitor 
occupy exactly the same level on the organizational chart, that reveals something very important about you. It reveals that you have absolutely nothing to boast about in yourself. Now that kind of bright and glaring light is perhaps the type of light that we would often like to run away from. The light that exposes the truth about us and maybe even exposes our, our high opinions of ourselves as nothing but fraudulent. And yet, as I mentioned in these verses, Paul not only does that, but he shows us why. He shows us why being exposed as frauds is actually a truly wonderful thing. You see, I know for a fact that the people in this room are not the only ones who are tempted to have a very high opinion of the people in this room. That can very easily happen with others as well. In fact, it it might happen, first of all, with, with some of the other people who are in this room. I know, for example, that there are people who walk in the door each week and they look around at all of the other people who are here. And to them, everyone else seems so good and so godly. Everyone else seems like they have their act completely together and their life is just picture perfect. Meanwhile, their life is a hot mess. And that's just fine as long as they can keep up, with the, keep up their appearances, as long as they can take that hot mess that is their lives and leave it out in the car or leave it at home. I also know that there are people who never walk through the door because when they think about the people who are in the door, they think, they assume that the people who are in the door think that they are much better than the people who never walk through the door. They think that Christians are smug and self-righteous, that Christians view themselves as better than everyone else and, and belittling toward others. I also know that there are people who never walk through the door because they assume the same things. They, they assume that Christians just think that they're better than everyone else, only they assume that those things are actually true. They would maybe love to get back to church. They would love to be a part of a, a caring, warm, welcoming community, to be hearing God's word on a regular basis, but boy, they've got some work to do first. They've got to clean up their acts. They've got to get things straight before they can feel as though they can walk through the door. The people in this room aren't the only people who are tempted to have a very high opinion of the people in this room. And so what a wonderful thing it is that this bright, brilliant, glaring light exposes the truth about who we are. It not only helps us see that truth, but it helps others see that truth as well. And if they can't see it for themselves, maybe we can help them out a little bit to see the truth about who we are. We can help them see exactly what Paul says here, that it is because of him, because of God, in other words, 100% entirely, completely because of God that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So yes, through faith in Jesus, you are in Christ Jesus. You are part of the family of God. And as a result, you are perfect and holy in God's sight. That's what he sees when he looks at you. As a result, you are an heir of eternal life. You can be absolutely confident that one day, when your life comes to an end, God is going to rescue you from this evil, terrible world and bring you safely to an eternal paradise. And yet, you know full well that you can take absolutely no credit for that. It is all God, and it is all a gift. Which means that for everyone else in our world, too, it is all God and all a gift. 
at any point and with anyone. We can take those very same blessings that we so enjoy and offer them to other people. We can offer them to that newborn infant. We can offer them to the person who just assumes that Christians think that they're better than everyone else. We can offer them to the people who thinks that Christians actually are better than everyone else. And we can offer those blessings to anyone at any time that we want, fully confident that God will deliver those blessings because they required absolutely nothing of us. They would require nothing of anyone else as well. What a beautiful, wonderful thing it is that God shines this brilliant light into our lives. Yes, it exposes each of us as frauds if we would have a high opinion of ourselves. And yet what that means is that when it comes to our boasting, when it comes to the place where we would place credit and give praise for everything that we are in Christ, we we know that that has to go somewhere else. It cannot rest with us. Instead, as Paul says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You know, I first found out about this thing called imposter syndrome, listening to a talk that was given by this Australian entrepreneur by the name of Mike Cannon Brooks. When Mike just graduated college, he and his good friend decided that they were going to start a company. Why? Because they didn't want to go out and get real jobs. Well, years later, decades later, that company, it's called Atlassian, is now very successful. They make a variety of different software products that companies all over the world use. It's a company that's worth billions and billions of dollars. And in this talk that Mike Cannon Brooks gave, he talked about that wherever he went, no matter what crowd he was with, no matter what sort of recognition or reward he was receiving, he always felt way out of his league. He suffered from an acute case of imposter syndrome. And yet the whole point of his talk was that imposter syndrome is not something to be feared. It's not something that we should try to escape. His point was that it should be something that we try to harness. It served as a constant source of power and motivation for him to continue to learn and continue to grow as a person. Well, friends, in exactly the same way, it is not a a very pleasant thing that this light of the gospel shines on our lives. And if we have a very high opinion of ourselves, it just exposes us as complete frauds. And yet realize the beauty in that. It forces us. It it gives us the opportunity to harness the power of that light. It's not something to be avoided or escaped. Instead, it's to be harnessed because that very same power that exposes us as frauds also gives us an opportunity to reveal the truth about our Savior Jesus. And I think you'd all agree, that's a truth that we want everyone to be able to see. Amen.